All right, all right. What's happening, peeps? Man, do I hate typing on a phone. I have never gotten used to it, and I just continue to make a ton of mistakes. It's just too small an area for me, you know, to get it right. I got big fingers, and uh, it takes me forever to write on these things. I make all kinds of mistakes. So I, I try to switch to speech to text, you know, talk into it. And sometimes that's even worse because uh, the iPhone gets it wrong a lot. So you got to go back and you've got to edit what you wrote. It's a pain in the ass. So if I can, I'll always try to just do my messaging on the iPad or computer. You know, even with a, I've got the smart case on my iPad and it's got this little keyboard. And even with that tiny keyboard, uh, I'm fine. I can type like crazy, but it's better than hunting and pecking on a phone. I just, I admire anybody who uh, can do that successfully. A quick note, uh, I'm part of the Amazon Associates program, and I'm not much into pimping stuff outside of, you know, stuff like my brother's coffee roasting business. I want to help him. Uh, But if you've heard any music on the show, I like to to help uh, promote these artists. Uh, If there's anything that you've liked, I've uh, gone through the site and I've included links to uh, Amazon Music for each song in the post for each episode. Uh, Filmagash.com forward slash inane. And so if there's any music that you've liked enough and you want to own it, uh, explore the site. And I've provided links um, to all the songs that are available and they're a buck 29 a piece and you own it. Some songs that I've featured are underground remixes or, uh, you know, just stuff from independent artists. They're not for sale. A lot of these people aren't signed, but I try to support as many artists as I can um, because, you know, as a producer and a, a part-time DJ myself, you know, and I'll uh, fool around. I know how hard the business is for these guys. And so I always try to help in uh, any way that I can, you know, just kind of promote. I got to cover, you know, I got to talk about something today and I, I don't know how I'm going to say it. Uh, I fear that I probably shouldn't bring it up, but it needs to be said. And uh, I'm still trying to think about how I'm going to do it. Uh, it's on my list of, uh, you know, topics to talk about today. Um, and my rehearsal on this episode last night i kind of just didn't know what to say so i might just not know what to say again uh one thing i do want to talk about real quick do you guys know what mukbang is it's spelled m-u-k-b-a-n-g it started in south korea but it's gained traction here in the u.s basically it's a live stream on youtube or places like that where the host eats massive amounts of food sometimes up to four thousand calories in a single setting. It got popular in South Korea during the lockdown because people saw it as a way to uh, enjoy a meal uh, with someone uh, virtually, kind of like Zoom or something. And I guess there's a, an ASMR element to it. You know, people like to hear other people eat. Uh, they find it soothing. I find it freaking bizarre that they find it soothing. I can't stand listening to someone eat. I think it's gross. You know, when people chew with their mouth open. Maybe if I've got a pet peeve, that's it. But I thought I think the idea of South Koreans uh, eating a bowl of ramen or whatever with the sole purpose of keeping someone else company uh, during the lockdown is sweet and very Korean. I mean, they're warm people. And uh, I tip my hat to the government of South Korea. Uh, they did it all right. They shut shit down and kept it shut down until the virus, you know, just kind of withered away. And uh, I thought that was uh, a great... Anyway, mukbang took off over there. But you let that crazy pony loose in the U.S. 
we're going to show you how it's done American style. I mean, we'll overeat the shit out of anyone. We'll show you how it really works. Because if we're good at anything, it's overindulgence, especially with food. So now there are these morbidly obese food giants on YouTube that are making serious bank by stuffing their faces with uh, massive amounts of food. It's disgusting. I saw an image, but I couldn't bring myself to watch one of these things. I don't want to support the idea of this, you know, by giving it a single view. And it's just, uh, it's not for me. Another reason that I don't want to watch this stuff is I feel bad for people. I feel sorry for people who have eating disorders. Whether they're obese or bulimic, it's a real problem. And it's a sore spot with me. Hunger is a real issue worldwide. And for people who are cramming massive amounts of food into their mouths because they, they you know, they, they feel hungry all the time, there's a, a genuine misfire going on upstairs. You know, they think they're hungry, but they're not. And then when they do have to diet and start exercising, it's absolute murder for these people. In many cases, there's no going back for them. I've watched some of those shows, My 600-Pound Life or something like that. And many of these people, you know, they see food as comfort. So they put them on these programs where they've got to consume like 2,000 calories a day, which is like a small afternoon snack for most of these people. And they're complaining that, you know, they're, they're starving constantly. Then, of course, they'll cheat. They'll fall off the wagon and they'll consume like an, an entire box of ding-dongs or some unhealthy shit. And they'll look on their face when they're eating these ding-dongs, man. It's, it's like the same look your dog gives you when you pet it. I just want to cry. They're killing themselves with the one thing that they feel is giving them comfort. And you know what the future holds for these people, right? One day their heart is just going to explode and they die. So no, I won't be watching Mukbang. It's just another notch in America's belt of overindulgence and rubbing our riches in poor people's faces. I mean, we have a world hunger problem. And there's a growing number of these obese, narcissistic Americans making money off the one thing they're good at, which is eating too much. Yeah. Hey, Biden gave his first press conference last week, and the press came at him, man. I mean, they were rifling fastballs high and inside right at his face. And caught my attention was there was this reporter from CNN, and she asked him some questions, and at the end, she threw in a bit of an insult, like, you know, does it make you happy seeing these kids, you know, at the border being separated from their parents? And he's like, are you being serious? You seriously asked me that? You think I do? So it got me curious. You know, CNN seemed to be on Biden's side during the presidential campaign. I'm not watching now, but is he now the enemy? Did something go wrong? So I went to the website and I searched around. Yeah, they're up his ass a little. You know, they helped build the guy up, crapped all over the Donald. But once he enters the Oval Office, they're, they're gunning for him. <laughs> Seriously, CNN, horse shit. Not to say that you shouldn't hold the president accountable. You absolutely should. But I think CNN is just in the business of vilifying whoever's in office. Bunch of smug sons of bitches. It's good to know I'm not missing out on a damn thing. Hey, they caught that that kid uh, that assaulted the uh, elderly Asian man in my neighborhood. Arrested him, I think, the day after I recorded the show. Turns out he's 23 
And he didn't live in this neighborhood. We thought he did. Some anonymous tipster ratted him out. He claims it wasn't racially motivated. But uh, he was pissed. The guy was attacking his dog. Who knows what's true? But they did find an unloaded rifle in his car. So, an upstanding citizen he is not. They charged him with assault with a deadly weapon, too. I guess a soccer ball. It's a deadly weapon now. Oh. Oh, man, I read a beauty this week. Just a gem. You know, I read this advice column a few times a week. Relationship advice. Mostly, it's, you know, questions about sex and stuff. It's fun to read people's hang-ups. And it's interesting to see how these therapists and the counselors respond. So, well, this letter was, um, I don't know how do I say this. It's a first, right? I'd never heard of this before. We talked a couple weeks ago about people and their kinks, right? People get a little kinky sometimes. Okay, let me think a minute. (laughs) I don't know how to set this up, dude. Uh, Let's see. All right. Um, You know the body has different uh, kinds of uh, erogenous zones, right? You know, most people know the basic ones. And then there are different zones for men and women. Little turn-on spots, right? One common zone is the ear. Done right and gently. You can drive a person nuts. I mean, it sets the table for dinner, if you know what I mean. So this woman, she writes in and she says that she has a really hard time achieving an orgasm. Now, she'll have them, but it takes a long time for her to get you know where she needs to go. And she's had partners who give up after an hour. And even if she DIYs it, you know, it makes, takes her a long time. No matter what toy she tries, how relaxed she is, it doesn't matter. It's work. So she goes to the doctor because she's noticed this dullness with her hearing. The doctor checks her out and says he needs, uh, you know, she needs her ears cleaned. So he uses this tool that flushes her ear with uh, warm, salinated water or something. I don't know. She said that the minute the warm water flowed into her ear, she had an orgasm right there on the table, right in the examination room. And she was embarrassed. She didn't tell the doctor what had just happened, right? She gets home and now she feels weird. What the hell's wrong with her? I mean, here she is. She's working her vajayjay for an hour plus. Can't get to the promised land. And there's this ear cleaning procedure. Gets her there in seconds. Doesn't make sense. So the therapist tells her that this is not all that uncommon. That, you know, the ear is a pleasure zone. And she just discovered that. But she said, you know, don't go thinking that your ear is your way to Oville. You know, don't go flushing your ear all the time or tool around with Q-tips and screw up your ear. Just maybe tell your next partner that this is a known pleasure zone for you, so it might help to get the party started. All I could think about after I read this, this girl at some point, she's going to be thinking about this nonstop, and the next time a guy can't get her off, she's going to ask him to stick a dick in her ear. You know, you want to shock a dude? Ask him that. He's, he's like, what? That must be hard of hearing. It sounded like you just asked me to stick my dick in your ear. And she's desperate, you know? Yeah, I want you to fuck my ear hole. <laughs> you want to see how fast a normal dude can get dressed and out of your apartment? Say that. Oh, man. Oh, these advice columns are comedy gold, man. I think it's on Slate. I keep forgetting to check. I wanted to tell you guys where I got that stuff. All right, so so the Derek Chauvin trial began this week. He's the officer 
who was seen uh, kneeling on the neck of George Floyd in that now infamous uh, vertically shot video that sparked, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests last summer. And I, uh, I just wanted to suggest that all of you kind of keep your eyes on the trial. I mean, I don't mean you should watch it because uh, it's, you know, it's too involved and boring and dull. And, you know, it's, who's got the time to sit and watch that thing? But keep it in your mind, right? When you read the news headlines, maybe catch the, uh, the highlight videos. I'm saying this, and I'm not throwing down hyperbole here, okay? I'm saying this because this case looks like Rodney King 2.0. When the officers who were being tried in court for beating Rodney King, back when people actually used cameras the right way, <laughs> shot it horizontally... <laughs> You can tell that's an issue with me, man. These vertical videos. Oh, anyway, so uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, so the cops were found not guilty. And they had video of it. And they still found them not guilty. And that's what sparked the uh, L.A. riots of 92, which, you know, it was a big setback for Los Angeles. And if this guy Chauvin, I don't know, sorry, I pronounced his name, Chauvin, Chauvin, if they find him not guilty... For the death of George Floyd, I'm telling you with 90% plus probability, we're going to see another round of protests. And this time, it's going to be personal and way more violent. You're going to see absolute outrage, carnage, and it's going to get fucking, it's going to be on. If what we saw a couple of years ago in Charleston is any indication, this is all the elements of turning into a race riot. Not because, you know, the black America is going to be pissed off at at all white people, but, you know, people of color are pissed off, rightly so, and then people of white color will get pissed off that they're pissed off. You know, the Proud Boys. It's a vicious cocktail, and it has the potential to make 2021 a very shitty year. And again, I'm not being hyperbolic here, all right? I'm speaking from experience. I saw this whole thing go down. I was right there. It was 35 miles away from my house, these riots, and uh, it was everywhere. Orange County was on high alert. People are wound up, and they're looking for a fight. They're going to find a fight. Even though there's video evidence showing Floyd being killed right in front of you, all right, the defense is going to rely on toxicology reports and the autopsy that says that Floyd was under the influence of all these narcotics and underlying health issues like heart disease and shit, and that's what killed him. He did have health issues, and he was drugged up, and, you know, he did commit a crime, and he did resist arrest, but it appears to anyone who watches that video that Floyd's brain was robbed of oxygen by the officer's knee on his neck. It's, it's right there. Had they been able to, to restrain him, and get him in that squad car. And he'd have stayed in the squad car. We'd have been saved by a lot of this drama and heartache. So, of course, the case is going to come down to the jury. And I don't know if any of you have ever been called for jury duty. But the number one rule that the judge uh, that presides over the case will tell you. Before anything starts. Is that everyone is presumed innocent. Until proven guilty by the prosecution. It's the, prosec- it's the burden of the prosecution to present compelling evidence that the defendant is guilty. So the burden is always on the prosecution. 
you know, we have to be fair and balanced with all this stuff and don't presume guilt because of someone's previous track record or based on how they look. But to the naked eye, this looks pretty fucking clear. But they say they've got a mountain of evidence and testimony for both sides of the case and like 50,000 pieces of evidence, I think. It's crazy. It'll be interesting how it all plays out. They said it could take three weeks for the arguments and then who knows how long they'll um, the jury will be deliberating. I'm not saying any of this stuff to bum you guys out or make you worry, but I lived through one of these already and it was pretty scary. And just because this is happening in Minnesota doesn't mean it's going to stay in Minnesota. This is 2021. This is a national problem. And it's going to go down in almost every state if uh, Shelvin walks. And I just don't want to see it. You know, I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore because it's funny maybe 5% of the time to me. But I like Weekend Update. It's almost as if they save all the funny stuff for that segment. So... On Sundays, I'll catch it on YouTube, about five minutes and I'm out, right? So this past Saturday, they did a bit on gun control. And even though they were joking about it, I think they made a really good point. Colin Jost is the host, right? He's like the head writer. He says, they do a background check on you before they allow you to purchase a weapon, right? And this fuckwit who shot up that grocery store in Colorado, he passed the background check before he bought the weapon, just a handful of days before he killed all those people. So in addition to a background check, Colin Joe said maybe they should do a current check. You know, they make you give three references on your job application before you get hired at Foot Locker, but they don't bother making you give personal references before you can obtain a gun. And you should give, like you should, I think you should have to give five personal references. And I know it's extra work for the store selling you the gun, but there's a 21 day or however long that waiting period is. If you have five solid references that say you're stable enough to own a weapon, should work out, right? I mean, these people who commit domestic acts of terrorism all kind of have the same story, and it never comes out until after they've committed the crime. Surely there would have been at least one person who would have said, no, fuck no, don't sell him a gun. That dude's got anger issues like crazy. Call his boss. That's what they should do. How is he at work? Because usually they're, they're you know disgruntled. Yeah. Hey, I'm not sure if uh, many of you listen to the radio in your car, but there's something that really puts a bug up my ass, and that's these disclaimers that they run at the end of commercials like the one for Rocket Mortgage. That one's the worst. Have you heard this? At the end of the commercial, and they're, you know, they've got to save space. They've only got like a 15-second spot or something. They rattle off the disclaimer, and it's so damned fast you can't even hear it. Sometimes their disclaimers are, basically the announcer just talks fast. But this latest one, it's sped up four, five times. It sounds like this. Okay, I read that in about 60 seconds. You heard it in probably less than 10. I can't be accurate, of course, because I have to speed it up in post, which is definitely what they're doing. I mean, this isn't even Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's a chipmunk on crack cocaine or something. What's the point of reading these things if, if people can't understand it? It's like the fine print of a contract in two-point text that no one can read, but here, sign on the dotted line. Way too fast. 
And there should be an FCC law against this, or at least the Federal Trade Commission. They should do something about this. A lot of people are probably getting screwed here. In my disclaimer, I, I, I mentioned that you have to name your firstborn after their CEO. Real interesting article in The Economist this week about China's response to America's outrage over uh, human rights abuses. This has been going on for a while now. I'm going to read a bit of this article to you, then I'm going to comment. Because, you know, we're such hypocrites, you know? All right. For more than a year, some big foreign apparel and technology companies have been walking a fine line on the human rights abuses committed by China against Uyghurs. What the hell? I'm sure I just slaughtered that word. A mostly Muslim ethnic minority in the northwestern region of Xinjiang. Probably slaughtered that one too. Now I know how the Chinese must feel when they try to speak a language. You know, give these people a break when they try to speak English. <laughs> these words. Uh, let's see here. Okay. These firms have been working to clear their supply chains of the forced labor of Ukurs, hundreds of thousands of whom pick cotton under apparently coercive conditions. What they have not done is boast about these efforts, fearful of angering the Communist Party and 1.4 billion Chinese consumers. Usually in our work, it's easier to get companies to say that they're doing the right thing than to actually do it, says Scott Noba of the Workers' Rights Consortium, a labor monitoring organization and the coalition to end forced labor in the Yukur region. On this issue, with limited exceptions, the opposite is true. An online furor stoked by Chinese authorities this week suggests that Beijing may be tiring of this double game. Chinese government, increasingly keen to punish critics of their Xinjiang policies, is forcing foreign companies to make a choice they have been studiously trying to avoid. Support China or get out of the Chinese market. Now, don't say we didn't have this coming to us. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, Nike gets about 15 pairs of shoes made for the equivalent of a bowl of rice and then makes a, a really nifty profit when they sell the shoes for like 150 a pop. But they're going to bitch and moan now about how these people are treated? <laughs> you watch Nike shut its pie hole now. Because they know if they had to have those shoes made anywhere else, they'd be selling them for $400 and the business would collapse. And this is why the whole notion of American-made is so hard to accomplish. Labor's expensive. So you either have to accept making less of a profit, which pisses off your shareholders, or shut your mouth and accept that China oppresses the people who are making your stuff. Hell, there are other countries that can provide cheap labor. Move things there. Move Apple's manufacturing to the United States. Watch that. iPhone will be $9,000. That's not to say I don't disagree with these companies. I think how these people are treated and how they live, it's horrible. But China doesn't give a shit. Here's your bowl of rice, young men. Now go sell me 25 Armani suits. And no bathroom breaks, kid. If you need to take the Browns to the Super Bowl, there's a bucket underneath that table. Make it fast. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It would be nice if we could figure this out, though, wouldn't it? Bring manufacturing back to the U.S., keep it here. I'm afraid we've just gone too far down the rabbit hole in terms of corporate greed. Stock market runs the show. Yeah, you know, uh, getting back to the trial for a minute. I never watched the full video 
of uh, George Floyd's death last year because I just knew I wouldn't be able to take it. You know, I, loss is just, uh, it, it sucks. And I, I don't want to see any more dead people. I don't need to see that. The fact that it, that it actually happened saddened me. You know, I don't need to watch him pass away. It would make it worse. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, nobody knows. I just hope that we can start to see change in how people interact with police officers and how police officers interact with people. I, what the stat was like, there's 800,000 police officers in the United States. And there's a there's a, a bucket full of bad apples. But no one knows what it's like to be black in America except the people who are black in America. You know, they're looked at differently by a certain sector of America and they're treated differently too. And that has to suck, man. It would be nice to see the country just simmer down a little bit. Stop being so afraid. Learn to love each other a little bit more. We're Americans here. I know that's a real gem coming from me, right? The guy who makes poop jokes. But in all seriousness, man, I just wish we could all just kind of get along a little bit more. If you're a person of color, you're afraid of the police because of past experiences with them. It's not enough to just pull over and show them your license. You don't feel safe. When a, when a police officer takes you into custody, you know, and think about what that means. What does the word custody mean? You're in their care, right? So it's their responsibility to make sure that you're taken care of until you're booked into jail or wherever you end up going. And when they fail to do that, it's on them. And I have the utmost respect for law enforcement. Lots of friends, friends like family in law enforcement. I just think there are some out there who fail at certain aspects of their job sometimes, as we all do. Not everybody's perfect at their job. It's just unfortunate that in some cases in their job, people end up dying. George Floyd had a right to continue to live no matter what crimes he was guilty of. I mean, aren't we tired of fighting? I find it exhausting to watch. And I don't want to see any more of that. I don't want to see people beating each other up in the streets. Businesses being looted, burned to the ground. Cops being targeted. Innocent cops would die. America, we've got rotten apples, man. Lure them out in the open and handle each one individually. But this country doesn't deserve to have to pay for the hate that lies in the shadows and attacks innocent people. It's a big goat fuck, if you ask me. Have you ever attended an all-black gospel church? I did once, years ago. My neighbor was the musical director for their choir, and I expressed interest in attending a, a, you know, a service to see what it was like. I'd only ever seen it in the movies. I'm telling you something. It was dynamic. The music was excellent. The people were all warm and friendly. I was the only white person in the entire church. And they made me feel just as welcome as anybody else. We sang, we laughed, we learned, prayed. Pastor was funny. And I'm telling you, on that day, I liked church again. <laughs> Any of you who truly know me knows how hard it is for me to like church again. My experience with church and organized religion, well below the bar, man. My point is, I think anyone who looks upon people of color with indifference should have that experience. 
You know, they're not your enemy. Maybe you're your enemy, all right? So piss off. Start acting like a responsible adult. Enough already. All right, I'll get off my soapbox now. I'm, I, sh- I sure hope I, you know, hope I didn't bump people out here. I know that this week lacked uh, knee slappers. I'll do better next time. This feeling of impending doom from all this stuff, man, just made me a little less jovial this week. You know, next week, NC-17 stuff again. All right, music in this episode from Flight Facilities. If you like the song, filmandgash.com forward slash inane, go to the post for this episode, click the link, buy the song, and uh, that's that. All right, you guys, have a great week. Stay safe out there. Ciao. Legs are shaking, hands are aching. Mm-hmm. Head is pounding, the back is breaking. Mm-hmm. The more I get, the more they're taking. I'm broken down, there's no mistaking. There's no time now for goodness saking. Mm-hmm. I'm a simple man, but I'm hard to please. Mm-hmm. Don't mind you making it hard for me. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, when?